If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. A warmer from the low. Welcome to Bumpy Las Vegas for Coast to Coast Seats with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family and Podcast. We've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be joined in segment number two by Ryan McIntyre. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, a man that has served on the coaching staffs of both South Carolina and West Virginia. So I feel like he's got a good grasp of the lay of the land in college basketball. We're going to be talking to him if what we've seen with realignment is going to be having any sort of an effect this season. As I've been doing my research, as I've been asking others, feels like the answer is becoming no as I dive in more and more, but we shall see there, and we'll try to get a little bit of a lay of the land with that, but more importantly, we've got to take a look at West Virginia, as I know that he was on their coaching staff a few seasons ago. We saw them bring in a cook a cook. We're going to be taking a look to see how that is going to be able to help West Virginia out, what sort of a style they might be looking to play a little bit more in general, as well as they do have quite a few big men now on the roster. We're also going to be taking a look at the upside of TCU and Texas Tech on this podcast as well. We also did see Omar Silviero. He was supposed to be going to West Virginia. He was denied a waiver and I think the big question here is whether or not the NCAA is going to be following through on the fact that they had said during the offseason that they are going to crack down on the amount of waivers that they give out. So we're going to get Ryan's thoughts there as well. And we really didn't see a lot of player movement in college basketball over the last 24 hours. Quez Glover is still out there in the transfer portal. I know that Trilly Donovan posted up a Kansas State meme slash gif when he was referring to Quez Glover. He's been quite accurate, but we're not going to report that as fact until we actually see an announcement from the player slash the team. So we're going to be holding off there. But if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways we offer those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at gnn underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters EM, they mean does not matter. So as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that's fine an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And we are also going to be talking a little bit with Ryan about some of these guys that they are going to be going to their school a little bit late because we are noticing it with West Virginia, the likes of a cook, a cook and company. Is it a case where these forwards might be able to make that transition a little bit easier than guards as well? We're going to be posing that question and so much more with Ryan, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast. I work on the flip side right here on Coast Coast Seats with myself, David Peterson, now a part of Beeson Family Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. 
In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation, I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating. And a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite in powerful conversations. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. I want you all to join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. In every episode, we gather a seasoned elder. But even with a child, there's no such thing as the wrong thing if you love them. Myself, as the middle generation... I don't feel like I have to get married at this big age in life, but it is a desire I have and something that I've navigated in dating and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations. I'm very jealous of your generation (laughs) that didn't have to deal with Instagram and Tinder. This is Across Generations, where Black women's voices unite, and together, you know how we do, we create magic. magic. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. 
Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. Welcome to Las Vegas. Protest Kissy with myself, Greg Eves Peters, and now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man, Ryan McIntyre. He does absolutely tremendous work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He does a great job with the uh, college experience show. I know that he and Kobe Dant do that during the college basketball season. On top of that, for those that are fans that are West Virginia's that are fans of West Virginia sports, he does the Ryan and Rush show that is dedicated all to everything West Virginia. I know that he was a part of the West Virginia coaching staff along with the South Carolina's coaching staff a few years ago as well. So this man truly does know the game of college basketball. You're able to follow him on Twitter at Moneyline underscore Mac. Mac is spelled M-A-C, and that's actually on X. I think I called it Twitter, and that's something <laughs> that I will be doing for the rest of time, just like the Brewers. They still play at Miller Park, in my opinion, but it's always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Always appreciate you having me on, Greg. We're 12 weeks away from opening night on November 6th. Can't get here soon enough. Absolutely, and I do think that it's going to be very interesting to see what happens these next few weeks as well, because as we know, everything in college – Everything in college sports in general, not just college basketball, but the entire landscape, it has been changed quite a bit by what we've seen with regards to realignment the last few weeks of Pac-12. It looks like it's going to be going kaput unless we see something very dramatic happen with those final four schools and if they're able to reach an agreement with like other programs, things of that nature. And I think the biggest question that I have is, obviously, it's going to be taking hold during the 2024-25 season, but do you think that there could be some effects of realignment happening this year with regards to maybe guys entering in the transfer portal, maybe some bad blood in some of these games, what have you, that linger from these realignment moves this season? I don't think Texas and Oklahoma will have the same effect that kind of like what a Kansas would be if they were leaving the league. Texas and Oklahoma football are really going to have the target on their back. But I really just think, I mean, Texas and Oklahoma, they're just two of the good schools. They're not the premier programs in college basketball. So I don't think it'll have as much effect as it will on the football field. But I am looking for, like, what happens with the Washington State and uh, Oregon State, if potentially going from the Pac-12 to a non-Power 5 league, what happens if they see a dip in recruiting with that? Yeah, I do think that that's really interesting. And I also do think that something else to watch out for is NIL as well, because we have seen a few guys late in the process, like a Quez Glover. It feels like a lot of these guys are entering into the portal. It's due to NIL money and, say, a team like a Washington State that now they're a part of a Pac-12 in which the TV deal, as we know, it's not as savory as the ones that the Big 12, what have you, is going to be getting. That's a big reason why those teams broke away. Do you think that could honestly be the biggest effect and could have an effect maybe this year, but obviously is going to in future years as well. Definitely, because I think a lot of guys, they still get caught up in whether you're playing at the Power 5 level or Power 4 or Power 3, whatever it's going to be, if it's the SEC, Big 10, and Big 12. If you're all of a sudden going to Washington State or Oregon State and you're in the Mountain West, it's not the same brand, it's not the same TV deal, you're not on ESPN or FS1 every single night. So I definitely think it's going to be a transition period And I think it works in the positive for schools like Houston and Cincinnati that are back on the big stage coming over from the American now into the Big 12. It's going to be a gauntlet even more. I mean, which is hard to believe with how good the Big 12's been. But it's going to be interesting to monitor here in this next recruiting cycle 
on how it impacts those programs moving forward that are moving from league to league. I do think that we are going to be seeing a lot of this moving forward, and we shall see if there's ripple effects with someone like an SMU being able to join one of those power programs is something that we've been hearing about. So this is a story that is far from done, as Ryan McIntyre, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is joining me right here on Coast to Coast Hoops. And certainly that's going to be taking a little bit more of hold in future years. But something that is very pressing for this year is that we know that the NCAA was saying that they'd be less lenient with regards to waivers. And typically when the NCAA says something like this, it's like, sure, I'll believe it when I see it. But you're very near and dear to someone that, well, they got denied a waiver. And that would be Omar Silviero. He was a part of a just terrible situation in general. What happened with Manhattan because he was going over there. He was going to be playing for Steve Massiello. Steve Massiello gets canned two weeks before the start of the season. So he bolts Manhattan. He decides he is going to be going to West Virginia. Sat out all of last year. Did not play a single minute last year. He was denied a waiver. For one, what did you think of that situation? And two, do you think we're going to see just a lot more waivers denied moving forward? Because I do think that that sets a little bit of a precedent for what we might be seeing. I do think we're going to see, unfortunately, an increase in denied waivers. And what happened with Omar Civiliario was really unfortunate. Sad. He didn't play the whole last year. Seems like the Mountaineers have been on the wrong side of a couple of these NCAA rulings here recently, rewinding all the way back to the fall with Jose Perez. So the Mountaineers are 0 for 2 on Manhattan Mountaineers transferring into Morgantown. Obviously, Perez will at least get a chance to play this year, but Silverio's career is completely over. He can't even appeal this. Very rough for him, to say the least, and I do think that it is something to monitor moving forward because I know that there is the one freebie transfer that you do get with regards to the NCAA, but do you think that a lot of these guys that they try to apply for, say, these runoff waivers because of a coaching change that they might just get denied this year because we know that the NCAA said that they might be doing a little bit more of that, and I didn't believe them until we saw the Silviero situation, and I have a fear that there's going to be a lot of teams that were banking on some of these transfers, not having them out there on the field, but not having them out there on the court this year. I think we're definitely going to see a little bit more. Uh, just to keep it with the Mountaineers, Raekwon Battle from Montana State still has to get a waiver. So a lot hinges on that with the Mountaineers season. I think they really need him as a guy that can score the ball at all three levels. It could be the difference in a couple wins, whether you're on the right side of the bubble or the wrong side of the bubble. So a lot of teams that are getting a multi-transfer are waiting on pins and needles for some of these rolling tend into November 6th. Yeah, they certainly are. As joining me on the show, we've got Ryan McIntyre aboard. He does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And speaking along the lines of West Virginia, because obviously the Silviero situation, we're going to need to be watching that as you were alluding to for a few different guys. And we're going to need to watch that for a lot of teams moving forward. But we did see some good news on the front of West Virginia as well. And the fact that a cook could cook, he is going from Georgetown and he is heading to West Virginia. We were talking, ironically enough, a few minutes ago about NIL ripple effects and it's had the feel of a little bit of that as well, as we know, with West Virginia and all the roster movement. They did have a few dollars that probably did open up based on the fact that they didn't retain some of the guys that they thought that they were going to be having this season as well. But what do you think a Cook a Cook does for West Virginia? Because they obviously did have a dominant low post player already in Jesse Edwards. And you do love the versatility of a Cook a Cook, but it does feel like with West Virginia, they may be a little bit shall we say, front court heavy this year. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I love the Cook fit, a guy that can guard multiple positions, 3-4. He can play the backup five if Jesse Edwards gets in foul trouble, makes shots as well. And he's played in big games at UConn. Obviously, 
Georgetown was not very good last year, but I think he comes in and he's a good fit in Morgantown this year to an already talented group that's uh, veteran-led. Yeah, I do think that that is going to be very important. And with a cook, a cook, I think if he's able to shoot anywhere near what he did from three-point range two seasons ago, because he shot darn near 47% from three-point range, that's going to be big for the team as well. And taking a look at the West Virginia roster, do you think that if they are able to get those three-point contributions from a cook, a cook, that could be probably his best attribute? Because the one thing that I do take a look at from West Virginia is that it's not necessarily a knockdown shooting team. Kirk Carissa, as we know, he's a nice creator. He's very much a feast or famine shooter, I think is the best way of putting it. Some nights he's going to go off and he's going to make five or six threes or going to be some nights where he might be oh, of eight, one of nine, something like that from three-part range. That's just a little bit of the Kirk Reese experience, in my opinion. But I do think that if a cook, a cook is able to give that stretchability, that could be his best attribute. I'm not sure if you agree slash disagree there, but I think that's the biggest thing that West Virginia might need from him. Yeah, that and on the defensive side of things, between Edwards and a cook, they combined to block five shots a game last year. But I do agree that there is a void for perimeter shooting on this team. Jose Perez doesn't really shoot the ball that well from the perimeter as well. And then you mentioned it with Kerr, Cresha. I mean, he's up and down in Arizona. That's why they really need Raekwon Battle to be eligible. And then the kid coming over as well from Iona, Quinn Slazinski, that played for Rick Pitino, he also could provide a little bit of perimeter shooting at the fourth spot. I do think that that is going to be big for them as well. Bringing in Quinn Slazinski, I think, is going to be massive as well. And I do think that that leads to a little bit of a question as well as to how quickly these guys are going to be able to fit in with the program as well as Ryan McIntyre, who does great work over at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, is joining me on Coast to Coast Hoops because we are noticing that there are a few guys that they committed late to their respective schools. We just mentioned two of them, Slaniski along with the Cook Cook. West Virginia probably going to deal with this a little bit more than some other schools, but some like a Quez Glover is currently out there in the transfer portal. He's going to be dealing with this. We know that some like a Jerron Coleman who went to Nebraska – He's going to be trying to pick up the system. Like, how do you gauge some of these guys that they do enter in? And, like, I would say after the 4th of July, I think is a good cutoff date. I would consider that to be very late in the process because some of these guys, they are a little bit further behind. And, personally, I think that's a little bit easier for a forward like a Coca Cook, like a Quince Lezinski, to be able to pick up a process rather than if Kirk Carissa, for instance, were to enter in the transfer portal joins the team in August, I think that would really put a guard behind the eight ball rather than a forward. I'm not the biggest fan of guys entering in the transfer portal in August. Unfortunately, that's kind of where we're at with day and age of NIL and transfer portal and how they can complement each other. But yeah, I mean, if you lose a guy in August or late July, like you're saying, after 4th of July, it really does put the team in a pinch. There's not a lot of time to fill a roster spot. Obviously, Quez Glover is in there as well in the portal, so... Still some players out there. I think we can go all the way, what, till August 28th, where guys can go in and out of the portal, which is a week or two already into uh, fall semester starting. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely wild. And we have seen a few guys actually be great success stories, like Keontae Johnson last year. He was a very late commit, and he was able to work out very well for Kansas State. Unfortunately, not all coaches are Jerome Tang. And Jerome Tang has been able to do a very masterful job of being able to – just get these guys to fire in on all cylinders. So I do think that that is going to be something to watch out for moving forward as well. And Ryan, I know that you, much like myself, are getting set for the upcoming college basketball season. You've been researching a lot of these teams. And I want to give you the floor right here as to maybe a team or two that you've been looking at, whether it be 
the last few weeks. Maybe it's a team that you've been talking about on your podcast as well that maybe you think is not getting the love that they deserve coming into the upcoming season and why you're a little bit bullish on them. I'll look back to the Big 12 again, and I, I like TCU and the makeup that they have coming in. I know that they lost Miles and Ball, but I think that they did a good job in the transfer portal getting Uday over from uh, Kansas, Shamir Nelson Jr., able to get Avery Anderson as well from Oklahoma State. And then I look at another team in the Big 12, and that's Houston, a newcomer. They were able to get LJ Cryer from Baylor. I know they're getting a little more hype than TCU, but – I look at what they're doing, and I think they're going to be really good once again in Houston in the first year in the Big 12. Yep, I do think that a lot of these Big 12 teams, they are going to be able to be very solid. TCU is a team that you're bullish on, and I'm not sure how you view Texas Tech, but they're really a team that I'm bullish on out there in the Big 12 as well because I do have a lot of respect for what Grant McCaslin did. I think the question is, how slow are they going to be able to go? Because North Texas, when he was coaching them, they were a full possession per game slower than the next slowest team in all of college basketball. I don't think that he's going to be able to run quite that because there is sort of the guys that he's bringing in, but at the same time, there are a few holdovers from the Mark Adams staff as well. How do you view Texas Tech coming into the season? Because I think they're one of the teams of fascination in the Big 12, and we do talk about some of these guys that enter into the transfer portal slash enter into programs late. They have a few of those, but I just feel like they're all pieces that work with what Texas Tech is looking to build and the defense-oriented style of McCasland. Yeah, I'm glad that you said that because that was going to be the next team on my list. You can tell that I really have been researching a lot on the Big 12. That is the league that I follow the most. With Joe Tucson coming over from West Virginia, Devon Cambridge coming over from Auburn and Oregon as well. So I really like the pieces that McCaslin's put in there in year number one. He's been good in the portal at North Texas. I don't think he's going to be able to play as slow as he did at North Texas, like you said, being in the Big 12. But he's a really good coach, and I think he's going to get the most out of that roster in his first year. Another team I'll go right back to the Big 12 is Kansas State. I know that they lost Johnson and Noel. But I think they reloaded as well with the different pieces that they've got recently in the portal. Yep, I do think that they did a nice job of being able to reload as well. And I think once again, the Big 12 is going to be right there as the number one conference in all of college basketball. At this point, I think it's a race for number two because I do think that the Big East is going to be rock solid this year. I do think that the SEC is going to be as well, especially with the very solid coaches that we now have in the SEC as well. But I do think that... The Big 12, they still reign supreme in terms of the deepest conference in all of college basketball, despite the fact that we're going to have a little bit more than 12 teams this season and moving forward as well. We shall see if we are going to be able to get some number updates with regards to they, the Big 10. The list goes on and on, but a man that never needs an update with regards to his number because he's always number one when it comes to taking a look at so many things college basketball related. He does a great job. Take a look at the West Virginia Mountaineers. He does a great job on the college basketball front and so much more. That'd be you, Ryan. Ryan, let the good people at home know what's all on tap for you and how people are able to follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, I appreciate it, Greg. Always a pleasure coming on here to talk college hoops with you. Like you said, we're ready to gear up uh, over at the College Basketball Experience. Me and Colby Dan, who I know you have on all the time, uh, we'll be gearing up conference previews here in the next couple weeks. And then for you West Virginia fans out there, go check out the Ryan and Russ Show, your source for West Virginia sports. And like I said, I also host the Big 12 Experience part of the college experience as well so go check out all those shows and please subscribe as well looking forward to a fun year and this year it is going to be a lot of fun and the big 12 is going to be very fascinating from a college basketball experience is locked and loaded once again and for those that are fans of college football as well i do think that it's going to be a nice year out there in the big 12 
Texas being right around even money to like a very, very small plus number to win the Big 12 to me. And it's overrating Texas quite a bit. I think that there's going to be a lot of value on those Kansas schools and so many others in the Big 12. I think it's going to be much more competitive than what the odds makers are giving it credit for. And I know that Ryan is going to be breaking down that and so much more. A big thanks to Ryan McIntyre for joining me right here on Cusco Seeps. Now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Cusco Seeps, you're able to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, Lurz DM. They mean does not matter, so as per usual, please do send these into the timeline. And the other way, that is fine in Apple Podcast Review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. And I'm with you guys every single day on this podcast. As you guys can tell, a lot of the player movement, it is now done. We've got a few straight guys out there in the portal, and we might see a few other guys enter in as well, but now we're getting into taking a look at these conferences. We're going to be doing more conference previews this week. The NEC and the Patriot League should be done within the next seven days, so be on the lookout there. We're doing everything humanly possible to get you set for what is going to be the best college basketball season ever, and then once we get back in season, picks and analysis on every single game, every single day, so appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.